What up? It's your boys, the Chicken Fried Gang. How's it going? Welcome back to Chicken Fried Football, where you know the gravy's thick and we're diving straight in. Oh, I like that. So, <laughs> just testing out some new stuff there, but man, oh man, what a... What a time, what a place, what a... Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Just the amount of football that was played over the weekend is astonishing. And yes, it was. The amount of stuff we have to talk about is probably even more. Yeah. So. Yeah, it, it really is. Holy cow. But what have you been doing uh, this week? Oh, uh, this past week I went down to see our family and do a couple hikes in the Wachita's. Um, let's see, I did some random stuff because it was actually really nasty down there. Like, it's 65 degrees in Tulsa and it's 35 degrees. Actually, you know what? It was 65 degrees in Poto and it was 35 degrees on the top of this. 2600 foot mountain that I'm on with sleet and fog and like 10 miles away from that beautiful it's the weirdest thing weirdest microclimate ever weather weather's a weird weather's a weird thing man like you never know what you're really gonna get so yeah but yeah I hung out and um, had some good food had some pho from the greatest pho place of all time, uh, Green Papaya in Fort Smith, and then um, yeah, just hung out. Nice. Got away. What did you nice. do? Um, we went to the aquarium on. Saturday, had some friends over on Sunday. Uh, you know, life with a almost twenty month old. It's kinda kinda crazy and high high energy and really fast all the time because he's everywhere at once. <laughs> but you know, life of a dad. Yes. Oh, that's great. Oh, Clark. Yeah, man, it's he's he's a fun time, but yeah, he is like a, just a hurricane. He's everywhere at once. <laughs> so, uh, it's kind of how our house feels most days. So, oh well, well, yeah. There you go. There you go. Oh, nice, uh, nice kit you got on. Oh, here you got him, yeah. Maddie. Uh, yeah, we should. Have, we haven't had this. <laughs> we haven't talked about kits in a while. From the stuff we have on. So, um, I'm in Poto, right? And um, there's a thrift store in town, and um, I see this FC Dallas jersey from I don't know. What do you think this is? Like 2010, 2012, possibly. I have. Yeah, early 2010s. Yeah, and um. It says Kenny Cooper on the back. 
Oh my, the king. The king, for real. And I got super the excited. King. It's an XL, but it's so worn that whenever I washed it, the lettering started coming off. So um, Ooh, we're just going to have like a little inverted look maybe uh, here soon. Maybe we can uh, figure out how to get like a nameplate off and, and everything like that. Possibly. So I mean, it's nice. Not, like, I'm not a I'm not a real FC Dallas fan, but like Kenny Cooper, you know, like. Yeah, man, he was he was he great was on one for a while there. So, what do you have on? I actually have one that you picked up for me in Vegas a few weeks ago. Um, I have a Celtic. I think this is a way kit i have no Um, idea it's amazing though it's awesome like so nice so comfortable uh it's actually the 2022 2023 away kit okay what are you serious this this year's away kit get out (laughs) and they had it on sale that's insane Wow. Yeah, like you can buy the same kit on Fanatics for 90 bucks. Dang, bro. I got a steal. Oh, well, I am pretty decent at that. <laughs> well, so it's like, I guess it's their third kit. It's their third kit. Still, though. Like, but it's still. this year's third kit. It's super nice. Um, I like it because it's kind of neutral and not. We support a lot of teams that have like bright colors and <laughs> it's hard. It's hard out here. Let me just say this. From like a fashion sense, like I love Bruce Dortmund and like I love the USA and I I be liking Brighton recently and I just think like I like a lot of teams that have really bright colors. Yeah, and Brighton's you all cannot, like, striped. Go to the club. You can't like go out to dinner and be wearing a bright yellow jersey. <laughs> like you just can't do that. Like it looks great on field cuz I can always find our guys, but like <sighs> What the heck? But I really like kind of a gray kit, kind of a uh black kit um and so, yeah, when Matt kind of found this one FaceTime me, I was like, yep, pick that bad boy up. It is sick. So. Right. That's what I got. Right. I Yeah. I really like the collar on that, too. Uh, the collar is, like, normal, but the cuffs. The cuffs. Cuffs on the on The, the design. Are like, super cool. They look, like, really retro and really fun. Um, and I really like that. So, yeah, it's a it's a great kit to like literally wear anywhere. So I like that about it. Yeah, it is amazing. Um, we yeah, we should probably get into uh, get into it here for sure. We got Tifo this week. We man, first week we've had a Tifo in like a long time. Yeah. So, and it was amazing too. <laughs> Like Inter brought it. That yeah, means- Inter has had a really nice big snake 
for the Milan Derby. So cool. Everybody had like a piece of paper with different colors and they Yeah. Oh, so dope. It just looks amazing and like it's at one end, so it's like at the two story Sincero and and stuff and it just looks awesome. It does. Like it goes from top to bottom, big snake, like covers the whole end. Uh it's just like a snake head. So it looks yeah. amazing. I was really impressed. Saw it um on ESPN FC and then we found the video on online. So really cool just to see Yeah. Um, huh. That and I keep watching Inter it. Inter picked and over up a big again. dub. They picked up a big dub this week, 1-0, you know. That's true. So, Honestly, I, I think Milan is uh, – coach has got to go. Uh, there's got to be some changes. They ain't it right now. Um, maybe the goalkeeper right will now. be back soon, but uh, Mike Maligan will be back at some point. But, no, they they do not look good. They are not defending champion – uh, worthy at all this year, period. Yeah, it doesn't look good for him. Um, Juve in the mud, obviously, and Napoli running away with Napoli that league. Just, so. just tearing it up. So, yeah, they they going to have that one wrapped up by, hell, they might have it wrapped up by, like, end of March, the way they, they're playing. It's very <laughs> so. true. Or we'll see. We'll see what happens there, but a very, very good Napoli squad was listening to our friend Connor Flynn on uh, the Dead Ball podcast where he has his crew, um, and he was like, bro, Napoli ain't played this well since Maradona was there. Yeah, seriously. And maybe they're playing 100%. better than Maradona. And I was like, wow. Yeah. It, it, he's like, not joking. I mean. It's, it's just they've like signed like amazing guys. They've signed guys that fit their system. Dude, oh, Simeon is going to have his statue outside of the stadium uh, by the time he's done. Like that dude is insane. Yeah. I mean, if they bring it home. Hell, Napoli might not sleep for five or six days. Yeah. <laughs> Have, if they win the Scudetto, like, oh, sheesh. So, um, it's it's pretty cool. Um, but Americans playing abroad this past weekend, we had a lot. Uh, West McKinney made a debut at Leeds. Um, along, he played side with Tyler Adams. And did Gio Reyna get a goal? Torre, uh, Gio had a goal. That's right. Okay. Again, three in three games. Killing it, Gio. Uh, just dudes balling out. Played like sixty-seven total minutes, and mm. goals. Loving it. So pretty freaking cool and then uh Luca De La Torre had an absolutely nasty assist nasty oh yeah assist. that was amazing kind of popped it up and flicked it back heel over um 
That was cool. Uh, Austin Trusty ripping it up in the championship again. He picks up a game-winning goal. Zach Steffen had a clean sheet. Ethan Horvath had a clean sheet. Malik Tillman scored. Jordan P. Fox scored. Hey, bro. USA. Wow. Absolutely bringing it this weekend with the boys. Dang. USA. So, Zach uh, Steffen got a, a a clean sheet, huh? Wow. Yeah, for the borough. Would have been nice. I mean, I think the. There. I mean, we did have Matt Turner, who absolutely balled out at the World Cup. So I mean, that's true. But um, yeah. So, but you know, it's it's nice to have uh, Stefan kind of finding it again. Agreed. Burrow is not looking bad. I'll say that. Um, they are, they've come up in the table, I believe. Oh, yeah. To, yeah, they're way up now. They're in third. At one point, they were in like 15th. Behind what? Burnley? Burnley's going to. Like run away with the championship this year, and then who's in second? Burnley's is up by eight points on Sheffield United. Okay. Well, heck and then yeah, you Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough and Luton Town. Luton Town again, because Luton Town was in the playoff last year against Forest. Um, but a team that's really kind of just. Let me down in the championship has been uh, Huddersfield Town. Huddersfield place. Twenty second place. <laughs> Did we place really think they were going to be any good though? <laughs> bro, they made the playoff last year. They did. Yes, ah. they lost to Luton Town. See, that's what happened, semis. bro. They put everything in to that season. Because I was running during the middle of the day at that point and literally listening to these games on the radio. Also, shout out radio commentators uh, from Britain because those games on the radio are a thousand times better than any game that we could ever listen to on the radio here. Oh, well, They're awesome. Yeah. They're super fun. I could see that. I'm sure. I'm gonna have to. They just talk all the noise. I mean, I just do it like if I'm driving around and can't watch, or like at work and like just need something in the background, you know. I just like turn it on, and they're freaking great. I love listening like Champions League radio or like Premier League radio. It's it's a lot of fun. So, oh jeez, actually, bro, those two teams, one and two, are definitely uh, done in the championship already. I mean, seriously. Pretty Burnley's much. Burnley 65, I mean, Sheffield United's 58, and they have a game. They both have a game in hand on uh, Middlesbrough, who's at 48. Right. I, I just, like, Burnley's going to win the league. Yeah. And Sheffield United's probably going to like, easily take second. Yeah. I mean, it would have to take, like, a, a pretty substantial collapse from Sheffield United. Oh, yeah. We've, I mean, there's only 18 games left in the season when you think about right. it. Like, 
I mean, the championship plays an insane amount of matches. So right, they play all of the games. Yeah, like forty. Wait, sorry, it's forty-six. So there's actually only sixteen matches left. Wow. Yeah. We're. I mean, going quick. We're in February. Don't tell me. I know. <laughs> I know. But we're not here to just talk about the championship, even though Austin Trusty having a great year, Birmingham City. Woo! Go, go, USA. Yes, back to uh, USA. love to see another center back kind of coming through the reins, doing something and making some stuff happen over there at Birmingham City. And uh, so that's that's exciting for the USA just to get a deeper pull at center back as – I feel like that's one of our weaker positions that we field outside of uh outside of that, that man Tim Ream. Nah, yeah. Uh it's very true. Yeah. But he wasn't in the team for like a really long time and um and he's thirty five. Like know, we can't depend on him for And he's he's thirty five and while he's probably having legitimately one of the greatest years of his career we can't count on that for even the next World Cup. Exactly. You know, so we got to develop some guys and Trusty being one of those guys who's over there kind of balling out, playing hard and making things happen in the championship. And uh, I got I got love for the championship. It's a hard Oh, I love the championship. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's tough playing – that many games, week in, week out, you're playing Saturday, you're playing Tuesday, you're playing Wednesday, you're playing Thursday, like you're playing all the time. Yeah. And so I got I got some some love I, for the championship. I enjoy there. turning on the championship. I really do. It's a fun league to yeah. watch. And it really is. Before actually before our you know, our group chat really took off and we all talked just Premier League and Bundesliga, really, and Champions League whenever it comes on, I guess. I was watching championship games a lot because it's just a fun league. Like, I don't need, I, well, you know, you don't Well, need. and they, they literally play all the time, so it's like, cool, yeah, random Wednesday afternoon, like, no Champions League. Oh, championship games? Okay, cool. Heck yeah, like, let's go I mean, whole they, City they versus Queen to. Park Rangers. Yeah, they have to play so many games just because there's so many teams yep. in their league. So pretty cool, though, to see some, some USA guys just balling out. But yes. we are not just here to talk about the USA. Nope. Not Let's at all. Let's hit on all. one of our favorite USA sons. And let's pour one out for the man. Jesse Marsh. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Sorry, Jesse. He was handed a sack on Monday after they lost again. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say. Like, he's won eight games out of 32 in charge. I thought I saw yeah. a stat of, like, 11. Well, I think it was eight league games. Okay, eight league games. Okay, 
All right. So, yeah, he's won a couple of FA Cup games, a couple Carabao Cup games, whatever. But I think it, it's like his, eight league games. The winning percentage was like 29%. So you can't expect. It's not good enough. No. And he was shown the door. Mm-hmm. Kind of a weird, honestly, for me, kind of a weird timing. Oh, 100% strange. Like three or four more games. Like, like, man just went through a transfer window you, where he signed a bunch of guys that were guys that he wanted. Exactly. How do you... Yeah, it makes no sense at all. How do you sign these players that your coach wants and then give him one more game? Right. That was just weird and it felt like what the hell are you doing right you know and obviously like Leeds is looking for answers and answers and answers but like you can't go out and like spend all this money and you know like you can't go out spend all this money and then expect him to just like turn it around in one game some of these dudes have been in training for like a week. Like I don't I don't get it. Yeah, I don't either. It um it didn't make any sense whenever I saw it. And it doesn't make any sense now. Like but we aren't the board of Leeds United, unfortunately. Uh, we don't make decisions for them. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, Jesse Marsh, uh, not, not in charge at Leeds anymore. And I don't want him as the United States national team's coach. No, I don't think that's the best idea by any means. No. I don't think that's our best option either. Oh, no. Definitely not. I think we have some international coaches that would probably jump at the opportunity. And everyone's will always say, oh... Well, it was like no international coach has ever won the World Cup with any team that's not their own. And unless our pool takes a substantial leap up, I don't expect us to win. We're not going to win the World Cup, period. It doesn't. Yeah, exactly. Who cares? Like, our system would legitimately have to take a huge, huge step up. It would have to go so far. Like, guys would have to be competing for Balloon Door. Dude, the NFL would have to be defunct. Like... Right. I mean, the NBA... Major League Baseball, who can offer people just an astronomical amount of money. Like, right. It, 
I don't know. Wait, it, it just it just doesn't make any sense. Like we can't expect to compete against the Brazils, against the Frances, against the Englands. Exactly. Whenever your sport is not the main sport, at best fifth. At best. In you think hockey is over? At best fifth. Over it? It's at best fifth. I mean, maybe four. Okay, so football. It's football, baseball, baseball, basketball. Basketball. You've really... I mean, I would say hockey and soccer are probably on the same level now in this country. Well, probably soccer's... Okay, so I at four. Let's be generous at four. Yeah, I mean, sure, NHL has been around for a lot longer. They have a lot more coverage and things like that. But, like, the fan base and the amount of people that can have access to a soccer game, right, is a lot more right. than even yeah, NBA so now. Let's let's rate it at, at four. Okay. So let's rate it at four behind football, behind basketball, behind baseball. Yeah, because, I mean, like, hockey's not really bringing the best athletes from this country. No, hockey By any means. It's taking the best out of the North. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Where it's cold. Um, Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. But... But, yeah, like, so let's put it at fourth. So it's the fourth most popular sport in our country and it just seems like we're, we're just not going to get there by 26. No. Like a semifinal run would be incredible. Incredible. Would be an amazing. And I think after that, the next 20 years, you would see an incredible jump in soccer. Yeah. In the States. Exactly. If we could have that type of run, it would be insane. That's. It would be monumental. It would be a. What would. Without taking the talents from the other sports, that would probably be what would have to happen, actually. Like, us have an insane run. And just kids, right, see this and get inspired. Right. I mean, it would be what the women's national team has been since now. Correct. Correct. Because the women's national team in 99, when they won it in the United States, that was inspired the whole current generation of women's soccer players in America. Yep. And they're Rapino, still some of the best Carly players Lloyd, in the world. Rose Lavelle, Lindsey Horan, like all of these girls were watching at 99. You know, they were watching their heroes play and they wanted to be that. So a semifinal run would be an amazing thing. Like I said, our talent pool's got to take a step up. A huge step up. And I think the step up that our guys need to take is go play against better competition 
and don't go to one of those big, at this point, big six clubs. Yeah, we don't want those big six clubs, period. Don't care. That's in England. So don't go there, mainly because imagine if Pulisic was at Villa. Imagine if he was at Brighton. Uh, he would be a star. Right? He would be huge. Absolutely like, massive. Weston McKinney over the next three months is going to be enormous at Leeds. Yes. Because like you said last week, he is bigger than Leeds. Mm-hmm. He is. He is much bigger than Leeds. He's going to become a superstar. It's going to be awesome. that's the thing. He's going to play every game probably. Every game. And, like, that's what our guys need to do is, like, play every game. And when you can go to those big six clubs and play every game, then do it. But until you can get in over... Mares or Mount or whatever Kai Havertz at Chelsea, like until you can get in over those guys, like don't go there. You know, like go play where you can play thirty games in a season. Yeah, which is I think is where you can play twenty nine games, twenty twenty six to. 32 games in a season in the prim. Okay. Yeah. Like 75%. But, like, obviously, there's going to be some weeks you're going to play a cup game and then they're going to rest you for the weekend game or a Champions League game or a Europa League game or whatever. And you can't play them all. Like, you're. You just can't. You can't play. You can't go Wednesday and then play Friday. Like, I mean, you're exhausted. Unless you're messy. Like, unless you're at the highest of levels. Exactly. You know? And some guys do it. And and some guys do it. And, and, and that's what it is. But it's like, you know, expect for 20% of games to be maybe off. Yeah. Maybe just due to a packed week schedule. Like, if you could play 80% of games, if you could tell me that nine dudes on the, for the starting 11 for the United States played 80 to 90% of games, count me 100% in. Oh, yeah. For that. Oh, yeah. For their club team. We definitely need that. Count me 100% in. Like, obviously, you got guys like Tim Ream, captain of Fulham probably going to end up playing close to 37, 38 games total. Hmm. You know, like, and that's with the with FA Cup game here, with the Carabao Cup game here, with the, like, whatever, you know, even just in the realm of, like, League Cups and, um, and, like, I guess country cups, 37 to 38 games is a lot of games. Oh, yeah. You know? It definitely is. 
And so, yeah, like if they could play 80 to 85%, count me in. But let's talk about one of those big six teams. Let's talk about the biggest news of the week. Yeah, here we go. We are not Fabrizio. You're not, but maybe we should have our own catchphrase here. Hmm. But come up with one. This is literally where rubber meets the road. Man City has been charged by the Premier League of breaking the financial rules over a hundred different times. Hundred and one times. In a nine year span. Hundred and one times. In a nine-year span, from 2009 to 2018. Yeah. Matt has read a lot more. I have listened to a lot more. But let me say the first thing I thought was, this is not shocking to me. Oh, not at all. I Not at all. And for those of you who haven't followed football for a long time, up until 2010-ish, Manchester City was a nobody team. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. They weren't a, they weren't a powerhouse. At that time, there was a big four in terms of the Premier League. It was Arsenal. It was United. It was... Chelsea and Liverpool. Liverpool as the big four. Tottenham was kind of a second tier team. Yep. Maybe with some others kind of lumped in there. Everton Newcastle, used to be up Everton. There. Newcastle um, used to be up there. Or New Newcastle's back. But yeah, they were up there. And then you kind of had this third tier. And the third tier is probably anywhere in the table. Yeah, you're kind of finishing like, like halfway or whatever. Like mid table. Nine to fourteen ish. You could be anywhere in there. City fell in that range. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Nine to fourteen ish. They were kind of average. They were kind of your crystal palace. To put it into today's term, they kind of finish 10th every year, 10th, 11th, 12th, maybe 9th. But they were kind of in that range. True. And then the Saudis bought them. True. And that first season was actually pretty intense. Um, I don't know if you remember it or not, but they bought Emmanuel Autobior from Arsenal. They also got... Oh, I remember that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. They got Sean Wright Phillips. Um, who else was on that? Was Did company come in then? Or did he come in later? I can't remember. But there were like three or four players. and um, they, they didn't sign a ton of guys. No. But they signed enough where it was like, oh, City has some money. Exactly. City has some City money. City has a little bit of cash that's kind of being thrown around because Adebayor was like, it, honestly, that was like a big sign. That was like a big signing for them. Honestly. Yes, and honestly, it feels like Newcastle today. Like it, that's exactly what it feels like right now. But the thing is, 
I still feel like Newcastle, like with the inflated transfer market, I still feel like Newcastle hasn't really like spent. I mean, they haven't. You know, but if like, you think about they, it, right? They have spent. They spent one hundred and ninety million dollars. But like it doesn't feel like they're spending. But yes, that's kind of what it felt like. Exactly. Back when they bought those first like three, three, four guys. Mm-hmm. Company did come in in 2008. Okay, so he was already there. So he was there as a, he, he was like a fifth year pro. Okay. All right. So yeah. So like Autobayor came in in two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Three years. Yeah, and then he was at Hamburger for a couple years. Then he went to City and was literally at City for eleven years. Okay. Okay. Company was. So. Yeah. So yeah, you get Autobayor in. That was that was like a huge. I remember that was a huge. Move because Ottawa was like good for Arsenal. Yeah, really good. Real like and really really good. Like a goal scorer, kind of an engine. Like really made it happen. And we were like, oh, okay. Yeah, and they had they got but that was Carlos also the year that they picked up Tevez. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was gonna say. They picked up Tevez. They picked up Roque Santa Cruz. They picked up Caldo Torre. Uh huh. They picked up Gareth Barry. Oh, freaking Caldo Torre! And they picked up Patrick Vieira on a free. Yep, from Arsenal. So Correct. Like, they they had some dudes. They were starting to assemble the squad. Right. So they spent twenty nine mil on Tevez. 29 mil, this is in euros. So 29 mil on Tevez, 29 mil on um, Adebayor, uh, Jolion Lescott. Oh my gosh, I totally forgot about him. So he was 27 and a half. Um, Roque Santa Cruz was 21.2. Colo Torre was 18. Gareth Barry was 13.9. And then they picked up a bunch of like freeze like free guys um there so and then they had like loan starting to come back joe hart came back off loan uh and a couple other guys kind of came back off loan to city so yeah it was like that 0809 season where they were like they really started like spending and people were like, what the hell is going on? Yep. With city. Exactly. The noisy neighbors as Alex Ferguson always put it. It really was the noisy neighbors. Cause exactly. That was like at the height of United's power. Uh huh. Uh, United had Rooney. They had, did they have Ronaldo? Uh, No, not at that time, but it, I mean, he they left. were he had just, just left dominating the then. Premier League. Um, yeah, I and mean, they still were Arsenal technically. Was not great. Um, United was amazing. Chelsea was amazing. That was the years that they had like John Terry and yep. Didier Drogba. And it was it was United Lamps. and Chelsea. 
for a little bit. Yeah, there. that was like the the big two that they really just won a bunch of ch- trophies back and forth. Like they played Champions League games against each other. They played big title matches against each other pretty much. Yeah, because I mean if you think about it, um <clears throat> Liverpool dropped off and so did Arsenal. Um but they still were good. They still they were still good. They still were good to to finish third or fourth like every year. Oh yeah. But they um yeah, I mean United and and Chelsea just kind of dominated those years but also like City started to come in a little bit, right? In 11 and 12. Yeah, well, like 10, 11, 12, like the noisy neighbors started making noise. Like, they really did. Well, yeah. And I mean, 11, 12 was the first title with Aguero, right? Um, Was that 11? It was. Yes. So that was the 2012 title. Yep. Um, but in 2010, City brings in Ed Jekko. Yaya Torre, Mario Balotelli. Good old freaking Balotelli. <laughs> like, they spent like $126 million on like seven dudes. Yeah. David Silva came in that year. Alexander Kolarov came in that year. Milner came in that year. Jerome Boateng came in that year. Jeez. So like you started the amazing really seeing, amount like, of signings. City Holy cow! Start re- they really started like making noise, like splashing cash. Like we're in such a era of like Todd Bowley. Oh yeah, inflated, inflated on one dude, like, market right now. Like chaos. This was basically like, Chelsea spending ten years right. ago. This was like this was like a big. It was like a big deal for like a team to like spend 150 million in a transfer window. Exactly. 125 million in a transfer window. Like, and so this is really when City starts kind of really assembling a real team. I mean, that 2010 class had guys that legitimately played hundreds of games for City. Yeah. I mean those and they play those guys very vital are roles literal like legends. Right. And then in 11 you have them sign Aguero for 40 million. Samir Nasri. Oh my gosh, Samir Nasri uh, from Arsenal. <laughs> Gail Clichy got signed yep. there. Owen Hargreaves signed on that on that free Hargreaves, transfer from United. Wow. And did he ever do yeah. anything for City, period? Like, really? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so but, either. That's crazy. I forgot that that even happened. But, yeah, so they started assembling. I mean, they start spending and spending and spending. Like, they're spending $100 million in every transfer window. And at that time, that was, like, a lot of money to be spending on guys. Correct. And so they have their team, but... That's when kind of the this is the mis misuse of funds, I guess. Is Matt, you can yeah, talk more about it. Misuse. I just want to give kind of a rundown of those transfers that were coming in 08, 09, 
11 when like city finally broke through yes yes the noisy neighbors were not so noisy anymore and they were here to stay um right it's yeah yeah it's it's actually i mean it's kind of crazy um these i mean these sanctions that they're trying to push down um are just i mean if we're talking expulsion from the football league that's just insanity um i don't think that could happen but holy cow i mean that that would be the <clears throat> that would be it i mean that would that would be like rangers uh getting right put to like the seventh and tier we, or fifth tier whatever they went well, to rangers went into administration yeah that was a whole different whole, whole different, different thing but there. It, but at the same time it would be the impact of something like that right right they went to seventh tier yeah and had to win their way back up um i so yeah there's all of these like so i've got punishments that could happen points could be deducted transfer fees or transfer bans maybe europe bans maybe expulsion from the league yeah and i just want to say like no club is too big and this comes as kind of a preface to the england government uh issuing like a white paper which has been very interesting to read about yeah um they're they're coming out like trying to regulate football and it's kind of weird highly it's highly interesting that they're trying to do it because it's like this government in general is like trying to really like say how to spend money like this is the Brexit government. Yeah, what are we doing right. Here? It, it's like it's a government. Like, tell me, it's the government literally whatever. telling another government how they should work. And but this, the Premier League, like we've said, is has almost become too big. Oh, it's inflated. Like that, what the conversation like the that we had the other day was huge. insanity. It, it's it's yeah. almost. It's getting too big. The right. amount of money that's being put into this league right now without showing how they're gaining money um, other than like the broadcast sponsorships and everything like that. How are you bringing in this mo- this amount of money to fund the amount of money you are spending in a transfer window? Right, and I think that this honestly, and I might catch flack for this, and I'm okay with that. So I've been thinking about this over the past few days, listening to a few podcasts. Like, I'm running again. Like, I'm training for a half marathon, so I'm, like, out long long mornings running and whatever and this started with Abramovich <laughs> yeah it did with Chelsea <laughs> no this this literally started with Abramovich because teams used to just pretty much hey what we made is what we can spend 
And yeah, that's technically but true. Then, Chelsea was the first one. But then Abramovich came in and was like, I have personal money. Mm-hmm. I own this club. I can spend my personal money however the hell I want. Yeah. Very true. So then it became an arms race of who has more dollars. And you've always had like Real Madrid having tons of money um, and, and stuff like that and being able to sign all these guys and whatever. And I don't really know how they make their money either. But I know that their new stadium is almost 30,000 more seats than City Stadium. Oh, 100%. Yeah, City Stadium's only, what do we look, 53,000? Yeah. Yeah. It's 53,400. And it's, uh, yeah, I just don't know how you're making that money. And obviously that's why the Premier League's coming out and saying like, you've violated all these infractions. Correct. Of financial, whatever they want to call it. Financial fair play, yes. Literally, whatever they want to call it is, it's chaotic. Yeah, and that's just what it is. It's true. So, and I mean, right now, from what I've read, the clubs who are pushing for this the most are the other big six clubs. Now, who knows if this is actually true or not? Yeah, but that's. And I also heard something. That for the Premier League to take action against a a team kind of in this manner, they need 15 votes. Oh, wow. From the 20 teams. 15 votes, you got four teams that are voting against it. Hmm. You know, like, and obviously, like, the other big six teams are probably pushing for it. I didn't think they would be, but, like, going back to the whole Premier League is too much money, I was looking at transfers, like, what teams spent in the January window. Yeah. Bournemouth and Southampton both spent more than what was spent in Germany. That's crazy. Yeah, the model, it's... In, ju- in January. The model is just, yeah. It's Bournemouth. Becoming bro, Bournemouth about to go down. Southampton about to go down. That Spent more insanity. money than a whole league. That's insanity. That, that model is too big it's going to fail like you cannot consistently just pour money into a business and expect it to always grow correct like 
I'm. It can't wow. always be a bull market. How are you making money? Like uh, seriously. Like I, I understand preseason tours and things like that, and you're making money on jersey sales, and but there's no way that the Premier League teams are making enough money to make up for what they've spent. We we need to report on this stuff, but it's it's crazy. That's insanity. Nothing is too big to fail. And this league is set up to fail right now. It is. Oh, it's for sure set, set up, up to fail. To it's fail. for sure set up to fail. It doesn't it's make any sense. It's going to get too big. When you look at it. It's going to get too big. Yeah, when you look at it like this. And you take a logical look at what's happening. No. It, it, yeah. who, who knows what's going to happen? It's, it's, it's unsustainable. The, the yeah, you can't just keep having injections of cash. But I wanted to talk about this city kind of misuse of funds. That's what I'm gonna call it. Yep. I don't really know what it is. Yeah. Misuse of funds, whatever the heck they want to call it, we're just gonna call it misuse of funds. Um. But apparently, like players and coaches. Had like secret off book salaries. Yes. Yeah. Like that they weren't. So they were saying we're paying. Who was it? Mancini. Yes, Mancini from. This is. Okay, so he was the. This is. He was championship coach, wasn't he? He was the club's manager, between December two thousand nine and May two thousand thirteen. So he's the one who got the first title. Right. So they were saying, like, hey, we're paying him, let's just, for a round number, we're paying him $8 million. But they were actually paying him, like, $12 million. Yep. It's just some of that money was, like, being paid, like, off the book. Under the table. It was just being paid, it's like, how under we the table. call like, it here. <laughs> some like back back room deals like Mancini was leaving with like just a duffel bag you know like it's a mob that's crazy and like maybe that's not maybe that's not exactly like what we're what it's kind of talking about there but you know like how did they get this like off the books like was it just like from random other accounts and no one was looking at Mancini's like checkbook. Right. Or I don't, I don't understand. And then like, I really want to know how they, how they found this out. Like how the premier league found this out. Like, I, what? okay. So from what I was reading earlier, um, the premier league and UEFA have different, rules for their financial fair play and UEFA's goes back five years the Premier League doesn't care how long it has to go back so obviously 2009 is what 14 years ago now so wow um they are just yeah they're going for it right now and then 
Let me see here. I was reading something else. Oh, I can't find it. It's 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 astonishing. It's that we're like seeing more and more and more stuff come out and I saw something on Twitter that was like emails and it was supposed to be like it's like from like the head of financial at city yes. to to like sponsors and they're saying like hey we need you to say you paid us this much but we're gonna need this much kind of from it and i was like what what are we talking about here like this is absolutely nutty that we're even like talking about this right here it is okay so it says the main difference between the premier league and uefa is that uefa has a statute of limitations which limits the availability of evidence to five years the premier league does not have that uefa has rules in regards to the evidence are in regards to where the evidence comes from and it cannot con come from illegal sources if you take a look at the premier league handbook it states that the sources of data and evidence is an irrelevance as far as they concerned although this might form part of man city's defense that some of the evidence which is going to be provided by the premier league has come from inappropriate sources and there is a lack of credibility with the evidence so that's I mean, that's just really strange. Who knows exactly what's going on? Because it could be coming from a random source that we don't even know. I think this is going to just be... I think it's going to be something that just so unfolds over the next like few months, year, that we're truly going to see like what happened here and it's yeah i mean with a lot of things coming through etihad and etihad i guess corporations is a a word i'll use okay like etihad etihad owned corporations in like crime talk, it's called shell corps. They're just shell organizations that they fund money through, and it's how like money laundering happens. I watch way too much true crime to know about a lot of this stuff. Um, I and so like this email from Andrew Widowson, who is was at that time head of finance um this is from friday december 12th or december 7th yeah 2012 so it says hope you are well as in previous quarters we can ask for you for your help in facilitating the amounts due via the abu dhabi partners in january of next year 
and it's like breaking down what's due. And so like Etihad, which is their sponsor of their stadium and sponsor of their shirts, like had so much money. And then this other company had other money and said, can I ask that the relevant amounts be routed through the partners? And then they forward on to us onto the club as part of the fees overall. Uh, Eddie had did it for us last year. And at year end, the auditors were keen to check the monies that came in through the bank. So I want to ensure that they come through the correct channels and are not picked up as separate sources of funding. This is so weird. Bro, this is this is the mob. This is what the mob did in Vegas. <laughs> you know how the mob built casinos? I've done way too much research into this. The mobs built casinos through the Central States Pension Fund. So they built like big casinos, like the first real big resorts in Vegas through skimming money off of this pension fund. And then they would replenish it through gambling. Like people obviously coming to their Makes casinos sense. to gamble. And so like they skimmed all this money off of the pension fund. It's called the Central States Teamsters Pension Fund. It was like a bunch of like blue collar workers but this literally sounds like what the mob did they just kind of like had it coming through other things and like through other like sources of income and like they made it look good but in all reality it was just money laundering yeah there's laundering money that's that makes sense and so it's this is this is crazy and like this could literally get this could get wild like i i truly think this could get wild especially with the whole like off book payments and stuff oh 100% yeah if they if they're able to find stuff like that holy cow i yeah, just nuts. Yeah, and so these these emails are actually from a 67-page document with slides and phone numbers and emails and yeah, pretty much every single website like, in the UK it would be a has lot of this effort to now. It would be a lot of effort to fake/create it which isn't inconceivable, but like holy crap. You know, like this is this is wild. I think that with with the charges to city, I think that other big clubs could be charged as well. Oh, a hundred percent. Chelsea's gonna. They're and coming I think, after Chelsea. Honestly. Next. Yeah. I I 100% agree. Yeah. I think Chelsea's next on the list because before Abramovich, they were a nobody club as well. 
Uh-huh. But I don't, I don't think they're going to go back that far. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, that would be 20 years. That would be... When did Abramovich buy... Yes. It's like... Ooh. I can't remember exactly when they did that. Let's Chelsea see. football. Um, well, we can just go look up Roman Abramovich on anywhere. Literally, that's... 2003. So they bought him in bought them two thousand three, sold them last year. Yep. Owned them for twenty almost twenty years. Almost twenty years. So it would literally be going back twenty years to get this info on the early stuff from Roman. Yep. But like <sighs> Wow. Yeah. And I th- I think what I think what happened for Chelsea was they really like went through like a business development phase. Cuz for like a while for a while I feel like they didn't win a lot. Um I can't remember exactly when they... Um, Cause, so he took over 2003, and they lost 140 million euros in 2005. They posted losses. Okay. Of that. And so, like, they went through this, like, whole, like, business development. Like, we're going to develop this club into, like, something that was really like kind of amazing and and whatever and they they blew up the transfer market when they signed Shevchenko at like 30 million euros yeah that was and it, the, it was um, like oh my gosh that was like 2006 yeah that was that was the, the british transfer record yeah it was the the transfer record at the, at the time. time yeah and now the transfer record is like 120 million mm-hmm. by the same club. <laughs> Literally by the same club yep. that bought Shevchenko for 30 million. And so, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of interesting it's very interesting how all this has like come down but yeah i think they could potentially go back and charge chelsea and i don't know like yeah maybe united i i don't i don't know but here's the thing united was always doing because when they had Alex Ferguson, they were winning everything. Oh, yeah. And so they were getting the European money. They were getting the Premier League money. They were getting FA Cup money. They were getting all of these monies from winning trophies. And I think that's what made... Like... And and uh, Old Trafford is substantially bigger... 
the correct both Stanford Bridge or not and correct. Etihad. That's like 105, right? No, it's not that big. Um, 74,310. Yeah. I was going to say it's like. So it's the second largest football stadium in. Behind Wembley? In England. Behind Wembley okay. at 90K. That makes sense. So they have 20,000 more seats. And let's just say those seats are $50 a piece. So $50 times 20000 is a million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> and they're definitely not going to be $50 for 20000 extra seats. Manchester United is like one of the most expensive places to go to a football game at. Very, very true. Like Old Trafford is like, it's like top three or top four in like price. I mean, that's like, the theater per- of dreams. Like that's... I mean, it's even if they're not that an good, unbelievably historic stadium. Yeah, you're paying for the the history and the experience. It's kind of like Wrigley Field um, with the Cubs. Even when we suck, tickets are pricey as heck. And so, like, yeah, that was my thought earlier. Was how can City justify it when their stadium is fifty three thousand people? Yeah. You, yeah, you're. I, well, yeah, and I mean, that's how, like, how do they justify these these record these record things and and whatever? And like, I don't feel like over the last few years they've been spending crazy like they used to be, kind of thing. Oh, definitely not. No, but it's because they already have kind of a system, and they. They spend when they need to. Exactly. They don't they just do. go. It's not monopoly money like like Todd. Yep. It's they've developed their system. Okay. And like Holland, Holland was a steal at sixty mil, I believe. Yeah, basically nothing. And like obviously they were gonna pay that. That's like for the best goal scorer on planet Earth. Like, all right, cool. And that was yeah. Dortmund's fault for not having a higher release clause there, but like, what? Like, they didn't really spend that much in terms of like summer signings. Like, it wasn't like when they got Aguero and spent and pulled a Argentine out of La Liga for forty million, which was a lot of money back then. Yeah, like, from Atletico. Mm-hmm. And so, like, yeah, how do you justify the these profits and these everything else and, like, and stuff like that? And, like, that's just – I think that's going to be the question that's going to have to be, like, genuinely answered. And, it's like, how do you justify this? Yeah, and the secret salaries and stuff like that if this – Comes Bro, out the secret to, salaries, that is insane. To all if this comes out to all be true, I mean, we are it's wow. I don't Bro, for me it's expulsion. Oh yeah. For me it's expulsion. Oh yeah. Like it's expulsion. And I I don't I don't know what that looks like, but and people are saying, oh, too big to fail. Well, 
nothing they literally is put too rangers big down to in the, fail. In the, in the seventh tier. I, and nothing is too big to fail. Let's remember this. The U.S. auto. Um, yeah, 2008. Like, nothing is too big to fail, people. We had to literally bail them out. We right. bailed out the auto industry in 2008. Nothing is too big to fail. And I think, I think, I literally think, like, they might make an example. I mean, it's I a think possibility. They might, they might do it. It's... Well, it's a possibility because it's now out of the Premier League's hands. It's in the hands of a independent overseer or whatever the heck they're calling it, independent regulator, or whatever. It's not technically going to be ruled on by the Premier League. Like, that's where it could get really weird is because this guy... Whatever he says kind of goes, you know? I mean, are they really going to have it like that, though? Like, yes, they're going to have these people. I mean, there's going to be appeals and like whatever. But like, but like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Huh. I I just I just don't know, like, fully what that's going to look like. Yeah. Because like. I mean, he could literally rule like, yeah, these People like totally, they were totally corrupt in all of their things. And then, like, I mean, it's very, very, it very gets, true. Yeah. Then it gets weird. And, like, people are, I mean, people are just, I don't know, dude. That's why I'm like, bro, this could get super saucy. Like, it could get super weird because mm-hmm. this independent guy doesn't have to have loyalty to the Premier League. No, he doesn't. No. He doesn't. And he but... doesn't have to. And, like, City is obviously going to hire, like, the best that they can find. Oh, we've already got the... um. The names of the yeah, he's people. like of the lawyer. Yeah, he's like he charges like five thousand dollars an it's hour. It's eighty thousand dollars a day. Uh, and sorry, that's yeah. not dollars. That's pounds. Pounds. Yeah, pounds, which is more. Yeah, more um, than than dollars. But yeah, man, like, it is Lord Panic Casey. Is set to defend Manchester City. Yeah. Panic charges up to 80000 a day for his services, which is about the same as City's highest paid player, Kevin DeBoyner. Oh, my gosh. It's insanity. Like, oh, dude. I just... Yeah, lawyers make a lot of money. Like, one of our really good friends is a lawyer, and she's like, yeah, our, our billing... She's like at, like, a top firm. She's like, yeah, my billing per hour, like, I don't make this much, but like, my billing per hour is like five seventy five. Wow. And I was like, five seventy five <laughs> an hour. I was like, can I bill like 
to myself like two hours. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't need to to for you to build a lot, but like I just need to like be paid that much. <laughs> like can I get a couple hours a day paid? Right. <laughs> I'm not asking for a lot, but like a few hours here and there would be nice, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just I think it's gonna get weird and I think we're either gonna see the government and this guy flex some really, really, really big muscles. And we could see a team get kind of put in its place. And that's crazy to think about. It's insane to think about. I mean, think about... Think about if City did I mean, if they weren't there the last like few years, Liverpool would have had an invincible season, Premier League title. Oh, 100%. percent would have yeah. won a treble last year. They would have won another, they would have won a record-breaking one the year before. Like, it's a lot, man. It's a lot. That's insane. And I don't And and the thing is also Pep has said that he's like ready to go if they find if he finds out that they lied. So Yeah, he's like, I'll walk. It's and I was like Whew. I was like, Oh wow. Like that's that's a lot. Yeah. Like best manager in the world just says Yep, see ya, you lied to me. Yeah, I'm done. Um, I don't want to be a part of this uh, nonsense. Yeah, basically is what I'm going to go, uh, he's going to say, I'm going to go take Xavi's job at Barcelona. I mean, Pep's already been the coach of Barcelona. (laughs) He played at Barcelona. I understand, but he already won Champions League and La Liga as a coach there. Doesn't matter. <laughs> why would Barcelona? Why would he want to go back? He should come to the USA and coach us. He should. He should be the national team. Exactly. Coach. That what? What a what a freaking what a sight that would be. He would like fight a. He would fight Alexi Lawless <laughs> like, like on live television. Oh. <laughs> would like box him. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. Please leave me alone. Bye. (laughs) You're the worst. I hate you. Get out of my face. Oh, weird. Wow. (laughs) Pep to USA. Hell, Mourinho to USA. Absolute fireworks. Like, outstanding. Yeah. It would... Mourinho would be really fun, actually. Really, really fun. People wouldn't know what to do, no. bro. People would be lost if Jose Mourinho came here because he would for sure pick a fight with Alexi Lawless <laughs> and say, I don't care. You're an a-hole. I don't care if you were on that team a, that made it. Or the USA he would, team. He would cuss him out at a at a presser. I 100% Probably. believe that. Probably, yeah. Oh jeez. He'd be like, "Get the hell out of out of my press conference!" <laughs> like, 
we're not friends. Oh my gosh. But yeah, I I think there's there's just a lot to unpack. There is for, for all sides here, and I just think uh, no club is is too too big. No, it's very true. So that's all we're gonna say about city for right now. For now. Um. Yeah. We, this weekend we've got a lot going on. We actually. have Merseyside Derby on Monday. At Liverpool. On Monday at the Enfield. Nice. Everton's going to walk their one-game win streak down the street. Yep, literally through the park. Come into Anfield, <laughs> flying high, hanging out. I mean, you know, Sean Dice Into a team that just lost to Wolves. Apparently Sean Dice. Sean Dice, baby. <laughs> Got his dude's... Doing the beep test out there, Ooh. just getting getting smoked and training. And I don't know how they beat. I mean, Arsenal. that guy literally looks like don't. he like teaches his players to play like rugby. <laughs> he probably does. He's probably like yes. <laughs> I mean, he really is like. I mean, it, if you look at him, it's it's very like. He's very rugby esque, and I. And where where was he at before Burnley? They probably played a really, really aggressive rugby style of football. Um, I don't know. I'm sure. I, he just kind of reminds me a little bit of Big Sam. Oh yeah, Sam Allardyce. Like he's just got that yeah. like that build of like kind of a linebacker, and he's just like whatever. Oh yeah, I don't care. Like. I'm just here hanging out and uh, and doing stuff here. So, uh, you know, it's it's interesting. What? But yeah, Merseyside Derby could be the last one for a while. It could if Everton doesn't could get there. You will be. If Everton doesn't get their stuff in order, it could I don't know. Truly I mean, and honestly be one of the last ones for a while. I mean, some people are really high on uh on Sean Dice keeping Everton up, so who knows what happens? Really. Who knows? Who knows? But we also have um Who knows? A, a really, really big match in um the Bundesliga this weekend that has title imp- implications. Um, we we need both teams to lose. Both teams again. need to lose. Uh, Red Bull Leipzig and Union Berlin. Um, what Union Berlin's on thirty nine points and Dortmund's on thirty seven, and um, they are second. Yeah, in the league. And we're third, and I think uh Leipzig's on thirty five or thirty six. So, um, this is a top four match, not including the normal top two uh, teams. I'm kind of excited for it, but... I think it'll be great. I think if we can get a nice PFOC goal and uh, then a Werner goal and in 1-1, that'd be an ideal situation. Yeah, I can agree on that. I can agree on that. So, uh, go ahead. 
hopefully tune into that one. That one's going to be a really nice game on Saturday. You know what? They I don't know if I can expect slot. I don't know if we can expect that though. I think we need like three to three. It is Bundesliga. Well, it is the Bundesliga. We don't play defense. Yeah, we need three all, to three. All offense, baby. We play in a we play in a one nine. One nine. <laughs> One nine. Oh my god. One zero nine formation. Nine strikers on the field. <laughs> um <laughs> But there's also PSG and Monaco this weekend, top four in uh League Un. Uh I, I mean I don't even know who plays for Monaco, but you know, PSG's got everybody. Painters, so. farmers, and plumbers. Painters, farmers, and plumbers. I mean Monaco used to be good at one uh, point. They they were kind of Monaco was good when they had when they had all the icy dudes like Mbappe and Romadal Falcao. Yeah, they were the big spenders at one point in the Europe, and you know they're just kind of there now. Um, yeah, so that that's gonna happen this weekend also. But I mean, what? Oh, bro, what else we got for them? I do not know. Oh, okay. Please tell. Well, our audience has grown. Oh, yes, audience. Sorry. I was literally looking at it going, I do not know. <laughs> I have no idea what what you're talking about right now. Yes, audience. Matt, yeah, we got people the audience uh, here. everywhere. Yeah, all over the world. Yeah. All over the world. Um, we got Germany, the UK, Austria, Australia, India, Saudi Arabia, bro. What? what? All right. Heck yeah. Italy, Indonesia, and the home of Zlatan, Sweden. Sweden, baby. Oh, that makes me happy. So, chicken fried global, baby. Strap up, get your gravy. We're going on a chicken fried ride. Heck yeah. All across the world. So, yeah, but it's pretty cool just to see kind of those flags pop up and people listening uh, in in uh, all parts of the world to two guys from Oklahoma just talking about some some football here. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Also, this weekend is the Super Bowl. I know that's not uh, world football, but that's American football. So we might cook up some food and probably have it on the socials for you for sure. I was about to say, it's a uh, it's a good eating holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what the so, Super Bowl is the best thing for, <laughs> and we love so, eating holidays. <laughs> great eating holidays, um, and. You know, love to see it, for sure. So, uh, but guys, you should follow us on social media. Do all the. You should also share this with your friends. Yes. Uh, Share it with your indoor soccer team that might start up. Heck yeah! Uh, If you're not on an indoor soccer team. Indoor soccer is the best way to spend the winter because it's indoors and you don't have to fight the cold to play. I mean, you just get to go play because it's indoors. That's true. It's very, very true. And 
so find your local leagues, or if you're Connor Flynn, this man be playing nine v nine degrees in Battery Park, fourteen degrees, New York City. Too much. Shout out, bro. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out to Flynn, bro. This man is grinding. Grinding hard in that cold, cold <laughs> weather. Coming in studs up trying to break some people's legs. Ooh. Great work. So, great work, Connor. Great work, Great Fred. work. <laughs> but if you're into playing some footy, play inside. It's, it's a fun game to play inside for sure. And uh, play it in your house. Yeah, airdrop us to everybody. Yeah, bro. Me and Clark, we get some kicks in in the living room like every day. There you go. Clark got a little goal for uh, he got a little goal for Christmas, and this man is is nice with the right foot. He's not gonna be a lefty. We're gonna have to train that into him, but he's pretty nice. He is with the uh, with the right foot. He's got he's kind of kind of crushes it and i'm like all right he does i see you my brother we got a little athlete on so, our hands he's a little baller for mm-hmm. sure uh which is exciting as a dad you know so yeah man we just went an hour 30 minutes talking holy about this cow that's a long one wow. so but yes cheers to your friends retweet us shares to your stories um, and let us know. Do you want us to bring some guests on soon, and we can chat to them? Yeah, definitely get some guests on. I'm sure. So, I got nothing more to add. Matt, do you have anything <clears throat> to add? No, other than uh, you know, just enjoy some football this weekend and hang out with your people and um. Yeah, enjoy them. Drink water. I'm with you. Drink water. Stay hydrated. Stay hydrated. If you have a game system, the new Harry Potter just came out and heard it's sick. Oh wow. You should make you should make a guy that looks like Weston McKinney. Hey, that's a great idea, actually. <laughs> he loves Harry Potter. Oh my gosh. We love him. We love him. We love you. We love you, Weston. But yeah, as for uh, the chicken fried boys, uh, Thad and Matt, see ya! Later.